Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Down to Florida We welcome you to the Sunshine State They're kicking back and soaking up the rays Every day in Florida The Hogwarts and all that lot. You've not asked me the question that is uppermost in your mind, Winston. You know what is in room 101. Everyone knows what's in room 101. Welcome to Room 101. I'm your host, Michael McCall. And I'm Stu Pander. And we're going to bring you fear. Fear like you've never had before. Fear of caca? Caca! Who knows? We'll come to that later. But you're listening to episode 101 of the AFTN podcast, There's Still Time. This is our Chicago post-game, Orlando pre-game show. Yeah. We're recording this podcast from UBC after training on Wednesday. And you might hear some screaming girls in the background, as always, because the UBC women's team are, are out training just now. And I don't know about you, Steve, but I, I feel I, I struggle to perform these days if I haven't got some young girls screaming in the background now. Yeah, I'm not touching that. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, funnily, that, that's <laughs> also what they said to me. But the, loud, but the loudest screamer is the coach, I have to say that. Yeah, she's a loud lady. So let's look at the Chicago game, Steve. Whitecaps, first win of the new season and first clean sheet. Yeah, it was uh, basically the the. I know a lot of people are saying that Chicago had chances, but they weren't like desperate chances. I thought, I thought it was more Vancouver missing their chances. They should have been up uh, quite a few at the beginning. There. Well, I mean, Vancouver started really strongly yeah. as always. It seems to be. I mean, we seem to just come out the traps like like a hare. It's and usually you have expect a road team to soak up something yeah. from the home team and 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 then and then kind of. Let them play out whatever they want to do, and then you do whatever you want to do. And then, but in this case, Vancouver just came out. But then Chicago, I mean, they did have the chance. At the end of the first half, I thought Chicago really came into it, and they looked a better team going into the half. But the second half, Vancouver dominated. Yeah. And for a road team, especially a road team that likes to play counter-attack in football in particular, it was a very impressive second-half performance. And that's even with Yallop going all... Like basically putting in all his strikers and all his attackers in that second half, he was really going for the win, and he couldn't muster up a goal against the Whitecaps. And like like we said after the Toronto game, you can't read too much into that one game because Toronto is a great side. Hate to say that, but they are a great side well, with a lot didn't of really talent. Show it against Columbus. <laughs> no, but I mean they have a, a talented roster, yeah, and the Whitecaps aren't going to face that every week. Well, On the flip side, yeah. Chicago looked a terrible side, and the Whitecaps aren't going to face that every week. No, they're not. Um, they 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 obviously got a lot of new players and 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 they uh, they basically face Chicago at the right time because yeah. the, they're still getting used to each other. Yeah, I mean the, the chemistry just didn't seem to be there at all. It was starting to look like it was going to be nil nil. I mean, I, I had tweeted out before it. The Whitecaps were eight to one to draw that game nil nil, and it was looking a pretty good bet up to the eighty sixth minute. Yeah, thankfully I didn't put any money on it. But then just they they got the deserved win. 
Octavio Rivero. Just like, we'll have a quick word about the goal. Stephen Batesure, who I thought had a terrible game, lot of kind of insight and lot of vision to to set up Rivero. Or, or, or lack of confidence yeah. that he was going to do, do, <laughs> yeah. do with it. But I mean, he, he picked out Rivero great. Rivero yeah. kept his head and finished. And I thought Rivero had a, a really good game. He had his chances that he didn't put away before that. And he set up chances yeah, too. Yeah, but his work rate off the ball is phenomenal. And yeah. we, I mean, we've seen it in the past, like Eric Hasley often did a lot of work off the ball, but then wasn't in the position that you wanted your striker to be. Yeah. Rivera seems to be doing both. He seems to be putting the work in off the ball and being in the and positions as he well. He has enough pace to make up for that. Like, he'll be deep in the midfield, or deeper than he usually is, and then as soon as he makes his play, he, he moves up and gets into those positions to score. So he's a perfect combination of size and speed, I think, for an MLS striker. He's impressing me more and more every game. And like once he really hits his stride, I mean, he could be phenomenal this season. But part of, part of Rivero's great play in the second half was thanks to Nicolas Mosquita. Yeah. The chemistry the two of them have, and it's, we've spoken about it before, it's, a lot's been made of it. They know each other well. They played with each other in youth football. They played in the Uruguayan under-17 team. But the pair of them link up fantastic. It seems to be like they just know where to be. And then where each other is going to be at, yeah, at the times. And if there's if there's any silver lining in Mauro Rosales's injury, then it's the fact that that, that is the case. Before we, we have a little look at Mosquera, Rosales's injury, it looks. I mean, he had an MRI scan today, which is, is Wednesday that we're recording this. Robo thinks he's going to be out for several weeks. A big blow to the Whitecaps. But is it as big as it might have been with the fact that that Rivero is doing so well with Mosquera? Yeah, no, I think it could be a blessing in disguise. Also, he's a veteran player, and he's not going to be able to play all the games as well. So this gives a chance for guys like Mesquita and then eventually Hurtado off the bench to get more minutes, and that gets them into the games faster. Because once Rosales comes back, he's probably going to be starting again, and he'll, but they'll have backup and, and won't hesitate to bring those guys off the bench. Well, the good thing about Mosquito as well is he can play anywhere in the front four positions. He can even play as an out-and-out striker. Yeah, not, not that much size, obviously, no. but he can do it without we do it. But, I mean, we're going to see him on the right, I think it's 100% certain. We're going to see him on the right against Orlando on Saturday. He can also play in the left if Robo decides to take Manny out of the lineup. Um, Mosquito spoke to the media on Tuesday, and one of the things that he said is what Robo had asked him to do against Chicago, and you kind of have to think this is what it's going to be going forward, is Robo wanted him to, to stay on the right when the Whitecaps were defending, but when they were attacking, Slide he, the yeah, when they had the ball, come more into the middle and play almost as a second number 10. And that's where he's more comfortable in the number 10 role. And with the way that Pedro's been playing, which we'll, we'll come to in a sec, I think Mosquera gives you so many options there. And like we've been hiring him, we've talked about how well he's done in the pre-season. I was really disappointed that he didn't get the star or even get minutes against Toronto. But I think we're going to see him come into his own, and he's super excited to be playing against his footballing hero Kaka on Saturday. But the, th- the only concern I have about Mesquita doing that and playing uh, sliding into the middle is how quickly he's going to be able to get to back to that left side. Orlando, if they have a strength, their strength is the left side. Brecce and, and Neil uh, that they picked up in the expansion draft, that's their best side. The right side is pretty weak yeah, defensively and going forward. So... Uh, it's it, it got to be a concern they're going to have to ha- whoever plays that holding mid spot is going to have to slide over possibly to cover for Mesquita which could open holes in the middle too so there is a little bit few concerns there but 
I'm sure they'll be able to figure that out uh, on their in the next few days before they face him. So talking about the attacking midfield role, let's get to Pedro now. The Chicago game wasn't his best. We'd hoped to speak to him at training on Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday wasn't here because he had the flu, but the sense of it was more like the stomach flu. Yeah. Trained today on Wednesday, but disappeared quicker than snow off a dike, and none of the media could, could get to speak to him today. So we don't know what's up with him. Well, Robbo said that he's he was here training just to get some of the bugs yeah. out before the travel day. I mean, to me, he seems a, a little bit off, but... But before we give our thoughts on Pedro, let, let's hear. I, I asked Carol about that on Tuesday. Um, just what's up with him? Why is he not in his game? Carol thinks I was a bit harsh with that question. So, so let's hear what he had to say. Pedro's been a little bit off his game the first two games. But what are you putting that down to? I don't think you know. I think that's a little bit harsh on on to say that about Pedro. I think for forty five minutes at home, he was fantastic against Toronto. I think we all. We all then, you know, weren't up to the levels we were in the second half. Uh, against Chicago, we played slightly different tactically, and I asked him to do a different role in his defending and obviously to try and exploit his attacking um, expertise that he's got. And it worked to a T because he created two fantastic chances, even though he didn't hit the target, as as Gary reminds me. And you know, if it, it's important that I try and put them in spots where they're comfortable and also where we can get the best out of them, and you know, if you give me. Pedro to have two chances like that every away game you know I'll take it without a doubt because I know that he'll put them away so you know I'm more impressed with him really with what I asked him to do tactically and obviously getting two clear-cut chances is disappointing because he didn't take them Um, but putting him in those slots last year I don't think we you know were able to get him enough higher up the field to create those uh, one-on-one chances which we did on Saturday so we'll work on that so I think it's you know we're all trying to find our form at the moment you know Everyone, including including Pedro, and you know, once we hit our rhythm and groove after a few games, which will probably be eight to ten games, then you know we will see where we're taking shape. So that was Robbo's thoughts on Pedro. There, I mean, Steve, what, what did you make of his performance uh, against Chicago? First half against TFC, he was outstanding. Yeah. Second half, he wasn't. Both halves against Chicago, I thought he was poor. But as Robbo he- said there. He was asking him to play a different role, and he's actually happy with how he played. Well, if that's the case, obviously we're looking at something that we're, we're expect our expectations are, are something else. But there was that obviously that one chance just before the half where he yeah. missed. Um, it's something that I thought he he could have done better, and maybe uh, taken a different approach instead of taking the because he he went for the perfect shot where he didn't have very yeah. much room when he had so much room to his uh, to his left where there was no defender and he could easily. You know, gotten around the keeper and, and slipped at home uh, much easier than what he, the opportunity he took. And the ironic thing was that training today he had a very similar opportunity and he curled a beautiful shot into the back of the net. Well, uh, yeah, that's the thing. He he's definitely capable of doing that. And if he had a defender to his left, then that might have been the best opportunity. But he had, considering there's so much open space and it was just yeah. John Bush and he's John Bush is like five foot one. So, you know, even a chip over him could have been something that you could have looked at at that point. The the thing with Pedro is, are we maybe expecting too much from him? I mean, um, a lot was made in the pre-season. Carroll challenged him. He wanted to see more goals from open play. He wanted to see him score some free kicks. But you look at the goals that he scored last season, and I think only three of them were from open play. So are we maybe expecting too much from him? We probably are, but I think also the other teams are probably targeting him a little bit more. Because of the fact of how you know how good of a season he had last year, I think the if guys like Mane eventually score, and obviously Rivero is scoring, um, 
those guys' improvement will take away some of the uh, defensive responsibilities that play, uh, teams have put on Morales and, and spread it out more, which gives Morales more space. And I think that might be able to help him out too. I mean, it wasn't just Pedro that, that missed the chances on Saturday. I mean, Kakuta Mani's had a bucket load of chances in the first two games. I mean, he could have had seven or eight goals yeah. by, by now if he had taken all his chances. And the Whitecaps could have had seven or eight goals. Or, I mean, Mosquita also missed a, a number of chances against Chicago. But with Pedro, when it's your DP and you know what he's capable of, I, I just think people expect more. Yeah. And maybe that's unfair. He definitely seemed off his game. To me, it, it looked like... when I used to play a lot of pull and snooker in my younger days. And before I got glasses, I kept missing slightly to the left and to the right and then I got glasses and it's like oh that's what was wrong with my game maybe it's just a case he, he kind of needs his eyes tested or maybe his eyes just not in we know he struggles on the road a little bit Hope, hopefully it was just under the weather with this flu yeah. bug and we might see a different Pedro it's early days you don't want to judge him too much that would obviously be ridiculous yeah. I just I am expecting more from him and then you also have another reason why is, uh, you, his family is still in Chile yeah. um, obviously there could be some you know, separation issues there where he, he preferred them having, having them in Vancouver so there is a little bit of that probably in there too Yeah. so let's quickly move from that negative the missed chances in the Chicago game to one of the big, big positives. Young fullback Sam Adekugbe got his chance against Chicago, grabbed it, not just with both hands, I think he grabbed it by the throat, yeah. put in an assured, confident, attack-minded performance. Him and made, Manny hook, hook, hooked up oh, a lot. Yeah. Adekugbe made the MLS Team of the Week. Yeah, Which was, I, was, I thought he had a good game, but I was very surprised that they actually... Uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think the homegrown thing kind of won him some, some plaudits there. Plus yeah. they knew I had an article coming on it, so I think that just kind of coincided. Sure. <laughs> but it was, it was a great performance, and I think it's, I think it's impossible now that, that Robo can drop him. So then you have to say... What does that mean for Jordan Harvey going I think, forward? I think they're just going to keep going until somebody has a bad game and yeah. then they switch them out again. Sam's obviously going to be away, you would expect, for Canada for Gold Cup duty yeah. in July as well. So they're, they're not suddenly going to, going to get rid of Jordan Harvey. There are opportunities to do something. I think they, if, they, if they make any changes in that, in that venue, they, they wait till the summer. Because like you said this year, there is no trading um, even within the league during the... Um, the uh, outside of the window, so all the trading within the league happens um, in the windows as well, which is how it should be. Yeah, well, this, I don't think it makes too much of a difference, but I think eventually they might. If Sam really keeps performing all the way into the summer, there is an opportunity that some other team is going to need a left back, a veteran left back. Harvey could be moved on to bring in pieces for other positions that they need help with. So there is uh, there is chances there. Also, you talked you talked about Betashore too. That's another position where there could be changes too down the road if Peter Shore doesn't pick up his game. I, I, th- I think oh, I, th- I think everything's going to be open. I think he's got. I think Robles got his midfield really solidified right now. Up front, he's good. I think his wingers are a little bit weak, and I think the fullbacks are a little bit weak right now. I think yeah. that's that's where the, you're looking at the wide areas, and that's a lot of a lot of attack uh, nowadays comes from the wide areas. I, I'm not a big fan of Peter Shore. I've said that before, and yes, he had the assists. For the, for the goal, but like one assist does not make up for all the other flaws that I've seen in him. Not and just it, this season, but last well, year. He, as well, and he got help too. But on the, well, it was just great to see him up up the field a little bit. But yeah, it was, he was helped by a really bad header a clearance by Lavelle Palmer. Yeah, that, just that's very right true. I, I, that was just just reward for Palmer after crippling poor Mauro Rosales. Yeah, be, be sure 
doesn't go forward as you say and I think that's the, the thing that Sam's got his arsenal like, like, I, I like Jordan Harvey I know he gets a bit of a hard time from some fans Christina if you're listening to this I know that you're one of them because you keep tweeting to me about it but I like Jordan Harvey I think he has got a place here there is this thing to throw out could he play right back with Sam playing left back he doesn't particularly no. like playing right back no, he said I, he's left back through yeah. and through but to me it's an option no, I, I think he's great, but you have to also look at the organization too, where if if there's a younger player who has played better than the veteran and the veteran thinks, still thinks he can play, it was a similar thing to like Matt Watson last year yeah. where they moved Matt Watson on because he thinks he can play, he wants to stay in MLS, but the team obviously doesn't have a position for him. So you you move that guy on, you bring in other assets, and you kind of work your, your, your the system that way. Yeah. And you, you can't really... You can't really sit still, and, and, and it's good for the player, and sometimes it's good for the team too. You've got Ethan Sampson, who we've both talked about before. We now th- we're higher on him than we were before. Um, you've got Tim Parker, who I really, really like, and he's one of the fastest guys out there in the Whitecaps, surprisingly to some, but he's super fast. Well, At training today, uh, yeah. we saw him close down Kikuta Mani. Yeah. Um, and like Jordan, uh, Jordan Harvey and Russell Tiber both said that he was the fastest guy when we did our teammate section in, in episode 100. Do you think Robbo, though, he likes to play the young players, would he go with the risk of having two young fullbacks, so Adekugbe and, say, Parker? Well, considering they're not playing right next to each other, I think it, sh- it could be okay, but I don't see that happening in the next little bit. I think that he still wants to see... Uh, like He's seen Parker, obviously, in, in pr- training situations, but I think if he wants to... Parker at right back I think he needs to see him in a game maybe WFC too so I, I don't see that happening right away and I, I think Harvey does look like, like the guy that, that they're going to move on but we're, we're talking about Sam Yeah. and I, I think the fact that he had youth helped get him in the, the team as well because I, I wrote that that the Whitecaps defence needed some youth yeah. because they looked old against T, TFC they looked flat footed Sam came well, in one particular centre back really looked flat <laughs> yeah so, so we'll come to that when we look ahead to the Orlando game. But what Sam brought is it, going to be good going forward. So we've talked about Sam. Let's hear from the man himself. I had a chance to speak one-on-one with him at training on Tuesday. We've spoken to him a lot of times in the podcast before. We've been a big champion of, of Sam. Great to see him now possibly getting this breakthrough chance and, and really trying to stake a claim as a starting left-back. So let's hear from him now, Sam Adekutbe. So Sam, you had your first start of the season against Chicago on Saturday. Looking back in the game, how do you feel you played yourself in that? I thought I played okay. I mean, obviously you want to improve yourself anytime you step on the pitch. There's always details to be discussed and things to work on, but I thought generally it was a good team performance, but I played okay. Obviously there's things to work on. Uh, you made the MLS Team of the Week. That must give you some confidence now moving forward. Yeah, it's definitely nice to get recognition, but I think it just goes to show what the entire team done in Chicago, obviously playing away from home. Uh, not the best conditions, unfortunately, but we still put through and managed to get the result. So I was happy at least one of us was able to get recognition on the team of the week. Now, you've pushed Jordan really hard over the preseason. It's like the two of you have been battling. Last season as well, you were really patient, waiting yeah. for your chance. 
now that you've got in the team, obviously it's up to, to Robo as to what happens, but do you feel this is your chance now to establish yourself as the starter? I think there's always a chance to establish yourself as a starter, and that comes down to training. Obviously in pre-season, me and Jordan, we go at it day by day, push each other, wonderful with each other. So, of course, you want to get on the pitch and obviously prove yourself, but it just comes down to training the six days prior before a game, and that starts today. And yet you kind of alluded to this after the game, but what have you learned from Jordan, like a veteran in the league, played left-back for, for so long? I mean, what, what have you learned just from watching him the last couple of years? I think it comes down to details. He knows his qualities. He knows what he needs to do. Obviously, to stop his winger from getting any action in the game, he knows what to do to get forward. So I think just learning from him is that obviously pay attention to the details, know what you need to do, know what you need to do to stop the other winger. And obviously, things will go well if you confident in your ability and you know what you have to do to get the job done and that's something he's done also just passion I mean you can see the uh, the couple goals he scored the last year in the season before it's just him wanting, willing to get into the box and create chances so if I can add it to my game and hopefully I'll just make myself a better soccer player at the same time This is now your third season in MLS how do you think you're different now from a player from when you first came into the league? I think as a player you're always wanting to push boundaries always wanting to learn new things and of course with that you gained a little bit of experience. I may not have played a lot of games the first season, the second season or this season right now. But at the same time with the training with the USL, training with the reserves, coming from the academy, it's almost like you're slowly going up a mountain trying to get to the top. You're always going to prove yourself. You're always trying to prove yourself. So I think in terms of what I'll be able to do now, it's just a matter of me trying my hardest throughout the academy into the reserves, into the PDL. And things are obviously happening. You can see that with a lot of the players like Bustos, Kian, Carducci. They all come from the academy as well. We all came at the same time. And if you look at us now, we're all playing in the first team together. So I think it's credit to the academy, but the credit to the work ethic of all the individual players. And Orlando coming up now at the weekend, they've got off to a good start. At the moment, they're, they're top of the East. Yeah. What kind of challenge do you see them posing, especially a player like Kaka? I mean, what would it mean to you going up against a guy like that? It's obviously going to be wonderful for the team to obviously go up against a good player and a new team but I think if we trust in our own qualities and what we can do and obviously we can get the result we just have to work well focus on our abilities see what we have to do to stop them but of course when you hear a player's name like Kaka you think oh probably done his, done his job in Europe so MLS is a different story we'll see what we can do we have players that have played in Europe as well that are of his stature as well obviously not in terms of appearances in the World Cup and things like that but we still have quality players that can obviously bring things to the table in the league and you saw that with Pedro Morales being newcomer of the year you can see that with Mara Rosales at Seattle Chivas, Vancouver so I think in terms of quality we're obviously I like thanks so much Sam no So Sam could be there. As we said, it's almost impossible now that he's not going to get the start against Orlando. So enough about the Chicago game and the performances there. Let's look ahead to the Orlando game coming up on Saturday. Uh, I was wanting to bill it as a game of Kaka versus Ka, but I have a funny feeling that we, we might not see Ka in that game. We'll come to the centre-back in the team selection shortly. But if Sam keeps his place, which is likely, him and Kikuta looked lethal working together, overlapping together, going up that left wing against Chicago. And you, you feel, Steve, that that's a big chance for the Whitecaps to, to really get under Orlando on Saturday. Yeah, they're, 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 like we said before, their right side is the weaker side. The left side, they have uh, 
Um, Breck Shea, who's really playing well and even getting shouts from uh, Jurgen Klinsmann again for the national team. So they're, they're pretty strong on the left side. But they're going to have uh, Colin, uh, already Colin coming back from suspension, so that, that's going to be an improvement for there. Yeah, so there's a yellow card if, yeah. if we have Manny running at him. Yeah, so they essentially have that. And then despite what we say about you know how weak their defense is, uh, against Houston, they didn't even allow a shot on target. So they, yeah, they, they're Houston pretty were really disappointing in that game. And then New York, they didn't really let anything in either. But so it's interesting to see, like you know, how good they are defensively. If the Whitecaps can tack on the right side and and make some movements up there, maybe that's another reason why they want Mosquito to play in the in the more central because they see the attacks coming from the left side. So they want Mosquito a little bit more closer to goal instead of being sitting oh. out there on the right. I mean, it could be. And yeah, I mean, they're top of the East just now, a little bit by luck more than anything else because you had that deflected free kick in the first game against New York and then you have a keeper punching the ball into his own net for the second game some horrendous defending in, <laughs> in MLS last week just in general and, and refereeing in the first game we, we saw from Orlando as well that they have trouble staying on their feet it would appear three bookings for simulation um, they didn't do that against Houston maybe they're just going to save that for the home games but that, that's something the Whitecaps are, are going to have to watch out for Especially, and I don't want to say our clumsy central defenders, but they, they can be a little bit at times, but physical, let's go with physical. It's like, do, do you think there might be a change in the back line? Because Waston and Carr, they've picked up bookings, they, they have gone in quite heavy, they looked a little bit slow together. Do you think this is the, the time that we're going to see Rodriguez get his chance? There's a, there's a good chance there, because one of the things is, is um, the players up front for Orlando are not really physical players. And and we should talk about this is that their striker is going to be their fourth choice essentially. Two of their top three strikers are injured or fighting injury, and a third is out of shape. Um, so they probably go with the uh, Pedro Ribeiro uh, player from Brazil, and so that's their fourth choice striker. So this might be a good opportunity for them to try something new and get a central defender who can control the ball more. Um, if they control the ball more at the back, then you don't have to worry about Kaka doing whatever he do, does with the ball. And I think that, that might be an important factor in that. For me, what I would do is I would start Ka and Waston, <laughs> get Ka to go in really heavy on Kaka. Not too the, heavy to get a red card. No, not, not too heavy, but go in really hard from behind in the first five minutes, take him out of the game, then come off and get Rodriguez on and then just go from there. I think that would work. That would be my that would be my coaching tip. It is also why I don't coach. If it was unlimited substitutions, maybe you got a chance there, but no. It's yeah, not maybe, maybe I should coach NCAA, actually. That, that <laughs> could be right right up my street. But, yeah, the Orlando strikers are, are definitely struggling as to who might play. And this could be the chance that we actually see the first minutes of a Canadian, Kyle Laren, the number one draft pick. He was on the bench against Houston didn't come on there's a very good chance that he could actually see some time against Vancouver yeah a good chance there and it'll be interesting to see if they actually trust him enough to put him in because you think they would have put him in by now instead of that because we talk about Pedro Rivera being the fourth choice he's actually not even a proper striker he's an attacking mid more so talking to Kyle Laren um, I got a chance to speak to him in the build-up to this game so let's hear a little bit of that just now
So we're joined now by Orlando City striker Kyle Laren. So Kyle, thanks for joining us. Well. It's been two months now since the, the MLS Super Draft. Uh, you've, you've had time for all the events around that to sink in. It, it must have been like a whirlwind couple of weeks for you. What's it been like for you just dealing with all this? Uh, it's, it's been really nice um, just being here and actually being a professional. I am in and being a professional and just settling in and playing with the players I'm playing with. And I think we have a really good team and just training every day, nice facilities and nice nice place to be in Orlando. Now, as the first Canadian to be selected, or first in the draft, like the video of you sitting around in Jamaica with your Canadian teammates, that, that was kind of like one of those magical sporting moments. What was it like when that news came through, knowing that, that you were surrounded by by friends and, and football that's kind of been with you the last couple of years? It was really nice. Um, it made me feel more comfortable uh, going into that moment, and it was just really nice knowing that I have people supporting me, Canadian teammates behind me at the, at the time, and it made me feel better about the draft and that day. Now, obviously, the draft's kind of in the past now, so the hard work starts right away. You kind of mentioned it there, like, you, you've settled in well in Orlando. It, it's a great setup. Although it's an expansion team, it's obviously not a new club, so that they've got a lot of good facilities there. How have you found making the adjustment, though, from the college game, like, going into the pro ranks? It's a lot different, I think. Uh, just the speed of play and the, the work rate and just being switched on at all times in the training and in the game. Um, and just doing that every day it's, that's what being a professional is and just making sure you're ready for training ready for the game every day and taking care of yourself to be ready and, just, and I think this, it's, a lot, it's a lot quicker uh, the speed of play and just have to get used to it once I get used to it I think I am and I, and I think I'll be fine and How have you made the adjustment to, to playing in, in that weather? I, I... I have to say, I'm not really sure what the weather in Connecticut was like, but obviously it's very different to like gr- growing up in Canada. I mean, how how do you deal with the heat, the heat and the humidity? Uh, I guess it's going to take time. Um, it's really hot here and really humid, but I think it's just working through it, and you work through it, you get used to it as time goes on. Yeah, I I was down there a couple of years ago when the White Cats played down the Disney Classic, and like even at night, it that was in February. It was just so so tough. <laughs> Now, you're playing alongside a footballing legend in, in Kaka, but I think a lot of analysts, they seem to focus on him a lot and they maybe gloss over the fact that Orlando is full of a team. It's, there's a lot of top veterans in the side and a lot of them have played in MLS for years. How much do you think having that MLS experience in the team is going to help Orlando this season and what's it meant to your learning and adjustment to, to getting used to the league? The atmosphere for the, for the home opener it, it looked electric, and like the fans in the fans in the city, they they really seem to have embraced the team. Now, obviously, it's not a new side because Orlando's been around for a while now. But coming to an expansion side 
Is there a feeling within the club that you've got a real chance to, to write history with the club in MLS this season? Yeah, I mean, the first game was really, really exciting. And just being there and being in that moment for the team, and it was just really exciting for me and for the team. Uh, there, was not, there was nothing like it. I've never been to something like that. Uh, and I think there's a lot of belief in the, the team. And I think the fans are right behind us. And they'll be there when we're down and when we're there when we have our ups. So I think they'll always be behind us and that'll drive us to do something great this season. Now, topping the Eastern standings after the first two games, it's like the perfect start. It's a dream start for the team. Expansion sides have been known to initially struggle in MLS, but you guys certainly, like watching you, you get the feeling that both yourselves and New York City, things might be different this year with the two of you. Just how good and how competitive do you think Orlando is going to be in their first season in MLS this year? Uh, I think we're going to be really competitive. Um, and it's just a process right now. And uh, we're just getting used to each other right now. And every day we're getting better. And I think that's important. And having the players we have on our team, the really good people on our team and the coaches, having those coaches to train us every day and, and learn a lot. We learn a lot from them. And I think every day we'll get better and... Each game will get better. As you can see, we get better every game. Now, you've not made your, your first MLS start yet, but you were on the bench against Houston last week. How did you find that first experience of like travelling with a team to, to a road game? Uh, it, was, it was good. Um, it was great, and, uh, and I was hoping I can get in that game. I didn't, but it was good that we won and got, got a result on the road. The lot of injuries to, to the strikers with Orlando right now. There's there's a there's a good chance that you might even see time on Saturday against Vancouver. You must just be itching to to get out there and just get that first appearance under your belt. Yeah, I am. Uh, even even in the Houston game, I was itching to get on. And I mean, I love I love playing in front of big crowds, and that's when I really show. And I'm just ready to go on. And I and when I go on, I'll do my job and I score some goals for the team. So Vancouver's coming to town on Saturday. It's it's definitely going to be a a battle of two teams that's got a lot of South American talent. What what are you expecting from the game, and what threat do you see Vancouver posing? Uh, I think it's going to be a high high pace game, and I think our team our, our team we're fit we're great with the ball. We have really good players, and I think we're we're able to come out with a win in that game because we have a really good team, really good coaches, and support base. And I think Vancouver. I think it'll be a really. Uh, they attack a lot, and we just have to be really good defensively. And I think we'll be fine, keep shape, and keep together the whole game. Being a Canadian podcast, it, it would kind of it would be remiss of me not to ask you about the the Canadian national team. So you you were named in the squad this morning for the friendlies that's coming up against Guatemala and Puerto Rico, and the, with the Gold Cup coming up as well, the World Cup campaign is about to get underway. The, the question everyone wants to know is, is, is this going to be be the squad that, that can take Canada back to the World Cup finals? I think, I think it is, and we have, uh, we have a lot of talent on team, young, young players. Um, I think just, just working hard and getting things right and doing things right uh, will be fine because we have a great coach and we have great players, great players on the team, and I think we just keep working hard and go out there each game and work and work for our country and I think we can do it. Well, I think everyone everyone's rooting you on. So just, just the last thing to ask you, Kyle, bef- before we let you go. I, are you the kind of player that, that sets yourself 
personal goals for this season? Um, and if so, or if not, like what are you hoping to, to achieve in your rookie season with Orlando? Yeah, I mean, every player has goals, and and I do set goals for myself. Uh, I think just becoming a, just coming to the this season and becoming a pro and just learning how to become a pro and hopefully get some games in and try to get that starting spot and score some goals, from, score some goals and help my team out. Well, that's great. Thanks so much for joining us, Kyle. We wish you all the best for the season to come. Maybe not against Vancouver on Saturday, but after that, we, we hope you have a great season. But thanks so much for chatting to us. Right, no That was Kyle Larn there talking about his experiences with Orlando City so far. Well, we should essentially talk about the, the, the main threat, and that's going to be Kaka. Um, Is he really, though? It, well, <laughs> when you compare it to the other people in the lineup, the, but he's the main threat. He can score from a set piece. He, he controls the play, but he hasn't really developed anything from open play at all. Uh, he hasn't scored like a setup or scored a goal from there. So it's a matter of being disciplined, not going in for the hard foul, and just and just letting them make their mistakes. But the one the one question you have about Kaka is, do you want to concentrate too much on him, and allow other players more space? That's that, the concern. That's the thing, and the thing that I've got, and the big problem I have with the, how teams bring in these big DPs, is you need more than one top player to to be a team and to be a winning team. It's like Kaka is fantastic. He's not going to win MLS Cup and get Orlando into the MLS Cup all on his own. No. It's like you, you have to have other things. You can't give him too much attention, as you say. My other worry as well is a lot of the South American players that the Whitecaps have have kind of been swooning over him this week yeah. about how, how great a guy he is. Will they be mesmerised by him when yeah, they get on the it's pitch? Yeah, like they want to swap his jersey and, and all that stuff. It's like, I understand that. You've got your footballing heroes. I... I I do worry that they might be a little bit like, oh, this is Kaka freeze and, yeah. and kind of let him get past them. So they, they do need to watch it. He is a good player. But they, they've done well. They, they sit atop the Easter standings. I don't know how, with a concern their lineup. But they faced a couple. Of, they've obviously drew New York and then they, they beat a really disappointing New, uh, Houston side. Which is good for the Whitecaps yeah. since, since we now have Houston in, in our, our yeah. conference. So it'll be interesting to see exactly what they have and... and and how Vancouver deals with it. So that's some of our thoughts on the game. Let's hear now from both coaches. We'll hear first from Whitecaps coach Carl Robinson, and then we'll hear a little bit from Orlando coach Adrian Heath, which we've taken from some of the scrums that the media did over there. much thought to staying in Chicago and then going down there a little bit earlier as opposed to doing the long leg right now? No, no, we didn't. Um, it's early in the season. Uh, a lot of the guys' families have just come into town as well, so I wanted them to spend a bit of time with their families and I wanted to spend some time with my family as well. So it was, uh, it was an easy decision. When you look at what your squad did last weekend, now heading out of town again, don't you think that helps as opposed to going in the opposite way? It does help a little bit, but 
you know, every away game is difficult, whether it's in the, on, the, on the West Coast or on the East Coast. So it, the travelling isn't ideal. It's going to be very tough. Um, so we're planning for that. But we make no excuses. It's the same for other teams when they have to travel to us. We'll deal with it. It's going to be hot and humid. Obviously, it'll be on turf as well. So we'll just get ourselves right. And hopefully on the day, then we can perform. Good news is then you don't travel east until June when you have three and then it's all done. Is that sort of a blessing in disguise a little bit? It is, yeah, without a doubt. I think obviously the schedule is never easy for, for Major League Soccer and each club. And I think the more you can try and tie in the games together when you're on, on the opposite coast, then the better. Obviously, we've got that in June. So it's, it's difficult, uh, but life's not easy. So we'll get on with it. Carl, this is a match where you get another one of these teams that has a marquee player, one of the one of the best players who used to be in the world and still is a pretty high competitive guy. Do you sense that your guys get up to face a guy like Kakao? Yeah, I think we've, we'll get up for every game. Every game that you play as, as, as top players playing from even Chicago last week had, had two designated players playing for him, Sean and, and Kennedy. So, you know, this week is no different. You, you're not dealing with a, a fantastic player. You're dealing with a world superstar this, this, this week, which is slightly different, but it's a great challenge from my young group and I think they're relishing it. I th- think you see him today in training. They're ready and we'll be ready. We've got to deal with him. He's a fantastic player and rightly so and we'll give him the respect he deserves um, and we'll do our jobs, but we've got other assets that we think we can exploit them, so it's a great challenge for us all. You're going to be facing Kaká, which uh, specialties are free, key, free yes. kicks. So have you talked to uh, Kendall and uh, the other defender about not committing any fouls on the top of the 18? Yes. Are you going to change your... Yes. Yeah. Don't give any free kicks away. That might help. Um, now listen, he's a fantastic player, fantastic ability from dead balls. And you know, if we give him a chance, then he's obviously going to um, thrive with that and maybe hit the target. And we've got to make sure we don't give unnecessary fouls away in those areas. They're a tough team. You know, they make no doubt about it. any um, new franchise team is going to be tough. I think you you get your defensive side of the game right first, and I think Orlando have done that. I think Jason at New York has done that as well. So um, it's not going to be an easy game. We know that. Um, you know, we've got a good result away at Chicago just now, and we want to try and build on that. You know, we'll be organised, disciplined, and, and we'll try and catch them when we can. So we'll go in there full of confidence. It'll be a good game of football, as as the two games that we've had have been so far. Um, and we'll see, obviously, if more of my players can perform on the day than Adrian's. You occasionally play teams that are, are more dangerous when you have the ball, and these are very much one of them teams. They're uh, very good on the counter-attack. You know, they've had two games, obviously, they've won one and, and they lost one. The first game, actually, they missed two or three really good chances when they were 1-0 up, and had they scored a second, I think they would have gone on to win the game comfortably, but they didn't. And obviously the pressure was on him last week away in Chicago because you don't want to start with 0-2. And they came up big again and, you know, 1-0 and it could have been a lot more. Um, watched the game a couple of times. They've got a lot of threats. So, you know, I think they, I think we're going to have opportunities. I think that's one, going to be one of them games. But certainly when, uh, when we're attacking that we have to be fully aware of what we leave behind us. Do you think Orlando, because of its location and its sort of, uh, you know, a vacation destination could it become a soccer capital of this country oh i'm not sure about the country but i'm certainly that I, I know from even in the usl the amount of people who used to come on holiday from britain in the summer would always come in and take a game you know obviously with our brazilian connections we have so many brazilians coming i think we're already the, the biggest club down in brazil so the fact that we have 200 million a year as it tourists that's so, so most of them come, and uh, we can fill this place. But I just know it's it's a it's this couldn't be one of the main cities in the country for football. I know that, and I'm convinced about it. And um, 
I know the ownership group are, and we're just going to keep building and try and grow it and see where it takes us. Coach, how's the uh, injury situation? Who's out? Uh, we've got a couple of little knocks. Obviously, Rivas hasn't trained and uh, Aguita hasn't trained. and We had to sell, uh, send Rafa home this morning. He was feeling a little bit under weather. We're still hopeful he's going to be OK, but uh, we, we're hoping that you know pretty much everybody who was available last week, obviously with Colin coming back, will be available. I think they've got a couple guys, uh, yeah. Rosales and, and Morales, both are questionable possibly for this game. Do you prepare as though they're going to be on the field anyways, or do you kind of take a look at From what we've read and from what we've, we know from people who live up that part of the world, we pretty much think that um, Morales will be out and... Um, you know, uh, Morales will probably play and Rosales will be out, we think. So we'll take it as it comes, you know, at the end of the day, we've just got to go out and play and prepare as best we can. And if we do it properly, then we should be OK. If not, you know, we, it's going to be a tough 90 minutes. So that was Robbo setting up the game, talking about what they need to do and all the travel they have to go through and everything like that. Other than the places we've talked about, you th expect to be the same starting 11? Um, not very many other changes to that, right? Um, I mean, fr from what we saw at training, Marco Carducci and goal seemed a surprise, but <laughs> I do think we'll see Rodriguez as centre-back. Yeah, I, they, also you, with the travel of going to Chicago and then back to Vancouver and then to Orlando, it might be a good idea to give some of these guys a rest too and rotate some guys out. I think you'll see probably earlier substitutions uh, than what you normally see. I, well, just keep some, yeah. it's, some, somebody's going to be on fresh. And also, there's going to be a new face on the bench as well because Morales is out of the game day yeah. 18, so there's at least one new face coming in. Maybe Keon's? I think Keon's froze or Robert Enshaw. Okay. Um, oh, and yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. Yeah, and let's actually like. Rob was asked about Robert Enshaw, and the news might have come out before we get this podcast released. Um, but here's what he had to say about that. And then I asked him as well what he would need to do to the squad with all the rumours that the, the CBA has taken the squad size down from 30 to 28, which bizarrely has still not been officially confirmed by anyone, and no one wants to go on record to officially confirm that. Um, but I asked Robo as well what he thought he would maybe need to do to, to make additions to the squad. So here's Robo talking about Earnshaw on that. Is there a weekly Robert Earnshaw update for us? Any chance? No, there might be tomorrow, to be fair. There's, something might happen, you know, hopefully over the next 24 hours. So as soon as there is, either way, I'll let you know on that one. Now, nothing's been officially confirmed, but like, all the talk is the CBA has gone down from 30 to 28 roster spots. You're at 28. Yeah. If you want to bring in Robert or a left winger or both, do you have to move folk on? Is it going to be loans to USL? I'm still waiting for confirmation, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we can do a few things. Um, you know, am I looking to add one or two more pieces? Yeah, I am. And there's flexibility within our roster that we can do that. So, you know, how we do it obviously will depend on, on the guys we get in. And um, we are able to do, you know, a little bit, bit of business here or there. And, you know, will it mean that I'm moving players out? No. It, it might mean I'm shifting players from, you know, from MLS, MLS down to USL, you know, something like that, if I think it's right. Yeah. 
So yeah, we could see Earnshaw on the bench. Um, I think Kean's froze. I mean, he travelled with the team to Chicago. wasn't part of the game day eighteen. I think this is a time when he is actually going to be in that. And we might even see both him and Earnshaw at the bench, possibly at the expense of someone like Hurtado or Kofi. No, I don't see that happening. I don't see there be that, that, that drastic a change. So, uh, Michael, your thoughts on the game? And what do you think is going to happen, the predictions? I'm going to go for a Whitecaps loss. 2-1 to Orlando. I just think that the travel and the heat is going to start to take its toll with them. I think they're going to get caught early. Uh, and then really come back into the game, but then just fall short. And my, my tip for the goal is going to be Nicholas Mosquita. I'm not going to predict the goal scorers, but I will predict a 2-0 Whitecaps win. Mr. Confident once again. Well, let's hope you're right. So just before we wrap up this episode of the podcast, it's time for Carl Robinson's Big Question. Questions and answers So, imagine the scene. It's, it's a rare night. Yep. You're not watching any football. <laughs> See you, mate. You're sitting down with your family. Yeah. Would you want to pick between the Star Wars trilogy, Lord of the Rings trilogy, right. or the Harry Potter films? Do you know what? The Harry Potter films. I'm, uh, my, my children watch Harry Potter, the Hogwarts and all that like, all the time. So, I'm, uh, I'm a Harry Potter fan more than a Star Wars trilogy I fan. I am as well. That's great. Thanks so okay. much. Questions and So, Robbo there giving his answer to the big question. I'm in agreement with him this week. Harry Potter films for me, love those. Must be an English thing or a UK thing, British. Well, he's, he's Welsh, don't call him English. Well, or I'm talking about that, that same island kind of so thing. So, we're looking for a new podcast co host. If you're interested, <laughs> please get in touch. Um, but, yep, that's it for another episode. Before we go, Steve, just let everyone know where they can find you online. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. I'm Michael McCall. You can also find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff, AFTN. AFTN.ca. You can also read my stuff on MLSsoccer.com. I'm the White Cats Beat Reporter there. So until next time, as always, thanks for listening. Take care and mon the caps. When you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the world service of a Saturday afternoon, frankly reception, interference, cosy, marvellous. Somehow comforting, isn't it? You know, legendary names, fathers and sons on the terraces, Cheesy peas at half time, pipe for dad, mum's at home making the tea. Oh, everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Hmm?